Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 11 once again. We're going to continue looking at the life of Abraham and we're really going to see how our faith affects our stewardship. How our faith affects our stewardship, but also how our faith affects our parenting. And finally, then we're going to be looking at how faith affects our sacrifice. So we got a lot that we're going to be getting to here this morning. Uh, but just before we do that, I do want to throw a shout out to Equipping the Persecuted which is a ministry that goes and does just what the name says. It equips the persecuted, specifically over in Nigeria, and they do all kinds of missions work over there. And I mean, whether it's orphanages, schools, uh, pastors' conferences to train up pastors, whether it is taking care of widows, whether it is building alarm towers that alerts entire villages that uh, that an attack is coming from Muslims. M Nigeria is one of the most hard-hit countries in the entire world when it comes to persecution. There are Christians who are dying over there every single day. And so I just want to encourage you to go over to equippingthepersecuted.org. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted.org. And I would encourage you to go into, well, Support the ministry. See what's going on over there, but also I would really encourage you to support the ministry. It is just an incredible ministry. There's there's hardly anything like it, and $1 in the United States goes so much further in Nigeria. I had that opportunity to go over there um, and to, to participate in the pastor's conference, to go and to speak over there, to meet a lot of people uh, to go and to, to to minister. And I mean, it, it is just an incredibly fruitful ministry. And so I would encourage you to go check it out at equippingthepersecuted.org. But let's get into our text here this morning, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19. And it says this, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, who he had received the promise, offered up his only begotten son, whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Wow, there is a lot to get to here in this passage of Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19. And the first thing we see this morning is that faith affects our stewardship. You see, Abraham realized that he was just a steward. He was just a steward. What God had given him was not really his, rather it was God's. He was just taking care of what God had entrusted to him. And we need to remember that as Christians, that everything that God gives us ultimately Though he does give us ownership in things, we are truly stewards. We need to use it for his honor and for his glory. And we need to remember something. God is the giver of good gifts. In James 1.17, it says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And this is what we're really confronted with, that are we going to see that God is the giver of good things, that that these good things that we have in our life, that they're not really 1,000% ours, but they are a stewardship of God, and that we're taking care of it for God, and that one day we're going to give an account of what he has given 
to us? Do we recognize that God is the giver and therefore the rightful owner of all of these things that are in our life? But I want you to understand the depth of faith in the stewardship when it came to Abraham. You see, he was willing to go and to put his son on the altar because God said, look, I want you to go sacrifice Isaac. That's stewardship right there. Abraham believed it. And I should say here that he had faith in God and he had faith that God knew what was best and he trusted God. Remember that. See, if God calls you to do something that doesn't make sense, what's your reaction? This is difficult. This is a difficult one when you're confronted with this. See, sometimes he calls us to give to him things that it just doesn't make sense. You're looking out and you're going, really, Lord, you want me to do that? But Lord, that is going to be difficult. That is uncomfortable. I don't like that idea, God. And yet, what should our response be? Our response should be, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I will do it. See, as a steward of God, Abraham realized that he was to give back to God. Abraham gave Isaac back to God. That's ultimately what he was doing when he put him on the altar. Faith is letting go and letting someone greater have control in your life. The reality of it is, is that you cannot really interact with something with faith if you have a tight grip on it and you want to go and to control it unless you let God be the one who's making the decisions, unless you let God be the one who is going to go and not just make the decisions, but ultimately choose where everything is going and how it's going to go until you let go. You haven't really walked in faith or interacted in faith with that. But think about the depth of Abraham's faith. He fully understood that God knew what was best and that he would do what was best for him and his son. He didn't plead with God. He didn't try to change his mind. He didn't go and look at God and say, God, I don't think that's a good idea. He simply surrendered to God. Faith and surrender go hand in hand. If you have not surrendered, you haven't acted in faith yet. But the question comes is, how is your stewardship? How is your stewardship? God is the giver in your life, just as he is in Abraham's life. You are not the owner. You are the steward of what God gives you. And God has given to each of us, he's given to you talents, gifts, possessions. Are you willing to use them for the Lord and to truly give them back to God? If you really have faith that God is the giver, and that you are the steward, you'll have actions of giving back to God what he has given to you. The second thing I want us to see here is that faith affects our parenting. See, Abraham was parenting in this moment. This is probably something I I, dare say that stuck with Isaac the rest of his life. I mean, can you imagine? Okay, Father, we're, we're, we're going up to the mountain. Uh, to this place to go into sacrifice, you know, and we get all the material sacrifice, but there's one thing that's missing, the sacrifice. 
What, what are we going to do? Well, son, I just want you to lay here on the altar. And then as your dad raises up the knife, what is going on, dad? See, many would scrutinize this approach. They would say that Abraham would be a good candidate for worst father of the year, and they would say that this is a terrible thing to sacrifice your child. But you know what I think of is one time when I was in Sunday school class uh, back, I, I was probably, I think I was a senior in high school, actually, and, and I was in Sunday school class, and uh, we we're going over, I believe it was maybe a parenting class. But the teacher said this, and this is what I remember. Mr. Rose said this. He said that he had this interaction where somebody asked him the question in about just about their home life, about something that they were doing, and he was telling them about family devotions. And then they looked at him and they said, you know, it sounds like you're trying to brainwash your children. And Mr. Rose's response was, well, if you're not brainwashing your children, then who is brainwashing your child? See, the reality of it is, is that you're going to put your child on an altar. We're all on an altar. And the question is, is what altar are you going to put your child on? See, there are many people who sacrifice their children on the altar of Satan, and they don't even know that they're doing it. It's the altar of sports. It's the, 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 the altar of uh, extracurricular activities. It's the altar... Um, of a desire to see them popular. It's the altar of entertainment and putting their child in a position of in front of a TV. Sometimes your couch in your living room can be an altar to Satan. But none of these things are inherently bad on their own. Okay, there's nothing wrong with watching TV. Well, there's a lot of shows that it might be wrong to watch, but in general, there are some shows that are okay. Uh, it's not wrong for your child to be popular. It's not wrong for your child to be involved in extracurriculars, including sports. There's nothing wrong with that. None of these are bad in and of their own, but they are bad if you worship them or if you allow your child to worship them. That's putting your child then on the altar. And so the question comes, what altar are you going to place your child on, parent? Is it going to be the altar of Satan or the altar of God? You need to remember that these children are given to you from God. Their children are a gift from the Lord. And not only are they a gift, but then that means that ultimately God is the owner of your children and you are just a steward. You are just taking care of it, taking care of them for a little while. And so the question is, is how are you going to treat God's child? How are you going to treat his child? What altar are you going to put them on? Are they going to be living sacrifices to God? Or are they going to be dead sacrifices to Satan? Speaking of sacrifices, that brings us to the final thing that we're going to be looking at here this morning, and that is that faith affects your sacrifice. See, what was Abraham willing to give up? It was Isaac, his son, his only son, the son of promise, the son that he had prayed for so long for, the son that he had believed God for so long for. Wow. Can you imagine that? This is the son that God had promised. Remember, God worked in spite of impossibility. God worked in spite of Abraham's uselessness. And Isaac 
was Abraham's heir. Though, of course, God could have given Abraham another child by Sarah, that child would not have been the heir of promise because that was Isaac. God promised not just an heir but a son. He specifically promised Isaac. God seemed to ask Abraham to sacrifice the impossible, to, to, to do the one thing in life that, that there's absolutely no way that Abraham would have been able to do. He was calling Abraham to complete surrender, to complete sacrifice, to put it all on the altar. Wow. You know, can you imagine this? Because it's not just the son that you're sacrificing, but you're sacrificing the answer to prayer. This would have been something that would have almost been an identity to Abraham, who he was, the man who longed for a son, then the man who finally got a son from God. This would have been incredibly difficult. I mean, from, from a human perspective, from just a fleshly perspective, Abraham would have had the right, it would have seemed anyway, to say, God, have you fallen off of your rocker? You want me to do what? But that's not what Abraham did. See, Abraham had a depth of faith that, that probably far, far surpasses ours. I mean, there are some times when God calls us to give up something that, that, that is just small and we go, you know, Lord, I kind of want to hold on to that one. And yet here you have Abraham, who literally God called him to give up his everything. And he didn't argue. He didn't question God. He just simply obeyed. And just as when Abraham had obeyed God and he called him to go out, not knowing where he was going, and his mind was settled that he would have obeyed, Abraham had his mind settled as soon as God told him to sacrifice Isaac, even though he'd have a few days to think about it as they were traveling to the place where they were going to go and sacrifice. Wow. He was completely surrendered and completely trusting God. What about you? What are you willing to give up for God? What are you willing to put upon the altar? You've seen today that you're just a steward. Are you willing to give back to God what he has given you? There's some things to consider. Your possessions. Are you willing to use your possessions for the Lord? Are you willing to use your house for the Lord? Are you willing to use your car for the Lord? What is your most valued possession? Are you using it for the Lord? What about your time? Are you willing to use your time for the Lord? If you're willing to use your time for the Lord, that means you have to look at God's calendar and you have to fit your calendar to God's calendar. Not try to fit God to your calendar, but fit your calendar to God's calendar. What about your children or your grandchildren? You know, are you willing to put your child in God's hand and to trust his will for their life? Are you willing to encourage your children to entrust their children to God? 
You know, I've met a lot of people and heard a lot of stories, some that had good endings and others that didn't have good endings. Uh, People who there was one thing they told God, God, I do not want my child to go into ministry. I do not want my child to serve you full time. Now, I don't know if your child is being called to serve God full time. I'm not saying that they are. God doesn't call everyone to do that. But he does call some, and there's nothing more sad than to see someone who God chooses and God anoints and he really wants to go, and he has a purpose for him in full-time ministry, and then to see whether or not they make it, it's sad either way, but to see their family, their parents, go and resist God's call in their life. I mean, that is that is a sad thing. You need to go and to get around those people who God calls, but it doesn't matter whether they're being called to full-time ministry or whether they're being called to go and to do a business or whether they're uh, being called to go and to, to, to just simply serve in the local church, whatever they are. You, you know, parent, get behind your child's calling. And, and absolutely encourage them in it. Be their biggest cheerleader and encourager in the calling that God has for their life. What is the depth of your faith? Can you obey God without arguing with him? Or are you still battling with God right now about some of the things that I've said? You know, are you negotiating with God? You know, Lord... I can give you the second Thursday of the third month of the year if you do this. That's not a very deep faith. Are you still trying to convince God that your way is better? You know, Lord, I know you want this for my life. And you know, that that sounds okay. But have you heard my plan? That's how some people are. Don't do that. You need to believe that God will fulfill his promises and you need to let go and let someone greater have control. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8 and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. But even in darkness, we hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing Sing like the battle's been won Then you feel it, the song that is rising Then you can't help but let it out If you're trusting in faith already begun know that God's up to something